Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The Greenville Oaks Church of Christ seeks all who need Jesus and together are becoming his fully devoted followers, encouraging and equipping people to love God, love people, and serve others in an ever-growing way of life. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with student minister Wes Raspberry. Well, like Christopher said, Happy New Year. I wanted to make sure I wished you that as well. Um, it's good to be here this morning. It's actually good to be back. My wife and my son and I were traveling last week for Christmas. Um, and so I'm glad to be back home. I'm glad to be back here. I don't know if you feel this way too, but it just seems like the holidays, especially Christmas, are just a stressful time. And, and for a couple of reasons, uh, that's in fact why I always claim Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and not Christmas. Uh, but for a couple of reasons, uh, if you're like me, you have family out of town and so you travel 13 hours and try doing that with a three-month-old like we just did. It's stressful. Or, uh, you know, there's all the, the gift giving, right? Like, how much money do you spend on this person or how much money should you spend in total should you go into debt just buying Christmas gifts? Or what do you get somebody who has everything? What's a good gift for that person? Or maybe it's stressful just being with family. I have a pretty large family and when we gather, like for Christmas, there's 20 plus of us in one house for a couple of days. It's a lot of people, it can be stressful. Does anybody else have a, have a rule in your family when you gather that you just avoid certain topics? You just know not to go there? Does anybody, out of curiosity, do, do, you, do your family, does your family just run headfirst into the conflict? Nobody, no hands. There weren't any in first service either, don't worry. Holidays can be stressful, so I'm glad to be through the holiday season, as we call it. And I'm excited about what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm excited about uh, what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. But before we get into that, let me open with a word of prayer. God, thank you for today. Thank you for a time to be together this morning. Thank you for a time to gather and to worship you, to hopefully learn more about you and to encounter you. God, I pray this morning that you'd pour through me the gift of preaching so that Christ might be formed in our hearts and in our minds. Thank you, God, for all that you do. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. Again, I'm excited to be through this holiday season. And, and if you're like me, maybe there's uh, not a year that you've wanted to put behind you more than the last year or two, like Christopher was saying. We have this new year and we have this, um, this excitement about uh, the, the things that are going to change, the things that are going to be different. Hopefully this year we have hope. There's a study that says that like 75% of Americans are going to or have already made a New Year's resolution. One of mine is to be better at finishing my New Year's resolutions this year. But we like this newness, this new season. We, we hope that things are going to be different. We hope that we'll act differently or behave differently, talk differently, or maybe we'll learn a new skill. And again, maybe we just want to be into a new year because the last year or two have been so incredibly hard. COVID-19 has 
ravaged our world, our state, our communities, our friend groups, and even our families. An estimated over 5 million people have died because of COVID-19. Things literally came to a halt. Things were, stores, places, restaurants were shut down. Students went on spring break for what they thought was going to be a week, and it turned into months. And our church, like so many, had to immediately pivot to a completely virtual format and figure out how to build relationships with people who were not able to be physically present with each other. And not only was there the inconvenience of it all, but there was also fear and uncertainty and anxiety that came with it as well. Is it safe for me to go into the store? Is it safe for me even to go and buy groceries? How is this disease transmitted? Can I gather with my friends? Can I even gather with my family? So we had fear and anxiety and grief, stress and pain, uncertainty. And now let's throw in the polarization that has plagued the past two years. Couple topics that come to mind masks, vaccines, political parties or candidates. Who is telling the truth? Who is spreading fake news? Who should you vote for? Who should you support? Who was right in their protesting? And before you immediately get up and walk out, that's not where I'm going this morning, but I do want to point to the fact that this polarization has plagued us over the past couple of years. And it has added to and increased the amount of difficulty and stress and anxiety and pain that we've all experienced in the last couple of years. Maybe you've had a loss of a friend just because of the way that they've talked about things or the way that they've acted. And then last February in Texas, we had winter storm Yuri come and, and hit us or as I like to call it, Ice-mageddon 2021. And maybe you mistrust our state government a little bit more, or maybe you mistrust our infrastructure, our electricity grid a little bit more. So mistrust, anxiety, pain, loss. Maybe you lost somebody in that storm. There have been a rise in mass shootings. There have been continued school shootings. There was a massive cyber attack on the colonial pipeline Police are under the microscope. Racial tensions are high. There's been a rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans. A condo in Florida collapsed. Australia was on fire. California was on fire. Colorado has recently been on fire. Hurricane Ida came and flooded the South. Tornadoes ripped through the Midwest, killing over 100 people. Let's not forget about the insurrection the capital of our nation. And Hutchins Barbecue burned down and was closed for almost a year. I was with a friend uh, a couple weeks ago, and they said that the three hardest places that they think to work right now are schools, hospitals, and churches. And I'm a little biased. Um, so I will just focus on the first two. But let's talk for a minute about those two fields, education and healthcare, and how the last couple of years have been for them. 
teachers lost contact with their students for weeks, months. What was a week-long break turned into weeks and months. Districts either pivoted or panicked or both. Administration quickly tried to figure out what to do, and then teachers followed suit and had to figure out how to be a virtual teacher, probably for the first time in their whole entire life. In September of 2020, my mom got remarried, and I was honored to officiate uh, their ceremony. But on the way back, my oldest sister and her four kids came and quarantined with us for 10 days before she headed all the way home. And I witnessed firsthand in that time how difficult virtual school was. Her kids are bright, young, but bright. Three of them are in school, but I witnessed how hard it was for them to learn from a computer screen. And I witnessed how hard it was for teachers to teach through a computer screen. And maybe even more, I witnessed how hard it was for my sister, who luckily was already staying at home full time to help take care of her kids. And I witnessed how hard it was for her to try to help her kids learn the things that they were trying to learn. She was ping-ponging back and forth between the three different kids. And yet it was probably undoubtedly more stressful for our healthcare workers, our frontline workers, our nurses and our doctors. There were stories of, of refrigerated trucks being brought in just to hold the bodies of the deceased. There were stories of hospital staff making hard decisions between two people. Who has a better chance of life? Who has a better chance of beating this? Who then deserves this ventilator? And our own church has not been immune to these changes over the last couple of years. There's been some transition in our leadership. There were people in this room years ago who are no longer with us, and that hurts. Those are friends. Those are relationships. And if you're not already, think about your own life. How has this hit you the hardest? How has the past couple of years affected you or impacted you the most? When I think about my own life, just in the last couple of years, there have been some highs for sure, but there have also been some lows. Just in the case of COVID-19, I lost my grandfather last year due to complications from that. I lost a cousin as well. And then I also lost my other grandfather last year. And I went to none of their funerals because of this pandemic. Two years ago, I've talked about this before, but two years ago, Kylie and I were planning our five-year anniversary trip. We were going to go to Ireland. It was going to be awesome. We were supposed to leave on March 16th, and the U.S. shut its borders down just days before. And a week before that, we were on a trip with students, our, our biannual, or not biannual, every other year, we take a trip called Road Trip with our high school students. We were in the Fayetteville area. We returned on March 9th and our church shut down the very next week, unable to gather. If you remember in this time, our, our, our church leadership was excited to unveil the changes that we had made in our front foyer out there. We had painted walls, we had kind of reworked some things and put new signage up, and we were so excited to show everybody that on March 15th, and yet we were unable to gather that week. I have muted people, I have unfriended people, on Facebook and other social media platforms because of the way that they've talked about things, because of the things that they've said, because of the things that they've shared. In fact, a close friend of Kylie and I's, our relationship with them is now very rocky because of the things that happened recently. But perhaps one of the biggest losses for me 
is I have lost my front seat co-pilot. With the arrival of our son Judah, Kylie has deemed it necessary to sit behind me and to make me the chauffeur for both of them so she can help take care of him in the car. So car rides used to be full of conversation and joking and laughter, and now I just sit in the front in silence. These last couple of years have been hard, very hard. There's no getting around it. And I'm certain that so many of you in the audience can relate or are relating to this pain that you've experienced or are continuing to experience. By some regards, it's been a whole slew of terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. And some of you may be sitting there thinking, this is kind of a bummer of a sermon. This is a downer. I've only shed light on the negative, right? All of our stories, all of our sermons, all of our narratives and songs, all the stories in the Bible, they all have an uptick at the end where they go back to God and there's hope. All of them, except for one that I know of. Read with me in Psalm 88. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all of your waves. You've taken from me my closest friends and you've made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry out to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. I've borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They completely engulf me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. What a sad and dark psalm. And if you're wondering where Simon and Garfunkel got their lyrical inspiration, there you go. Did you even know that this psalm existed? Have you ever heard this talked about in a Bible class or a sermon? You're welcome. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't have a resolution. This is the only psalm in all of the book of Psalms that doesn't have this resolution at the end that turns back to hope or praise of God. It's uncomfortable. Or I think about the story of Job, this guy who doesn't deserve anything that happens to him. 
He's righteous by all accounts. And yet the Satan comes and attacks him and is relentless. First, he takes all of his wealth away, all of his possessions and his belongings, his livestock, his security. But he doesn't stop there. He then comes and he kills his kids. But he doesn't stop there. He inflicts Job with a painful and terrible skin disease. And maybe thinking about the last year or two, you can relate to one of these. Maybe you can read Psalm 88 and say, yeah, that's how I felt. Or maybe you felt like Job. And again, maybe you're sitting there just squirming because I've only talked about the negative things so far. Well, don't worry, you're in luck. Because the story of Job doesn't end in despair. It doesn't end in doom and gloom. And neither does our story have to either. Well, I think it's extremely important for us to talk about and name the grief and the loss and the pain that we've experienced or are continuing to experience over the last couple of years. I think it's also crucial that we continue to focus and pursue the one who saves, who redeems, who restores, who reconciles, and who makes all things new. I've heard that it's said that God will meet you where you are, but he will not leave you there. And praise God for that. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay in the pit. It's not fun. It's dark and it's sad. And most importantly, church, there is hope. Let me say that again. There is hope. And that's why I'm excited about what is coming in the next couple of weeks. Watch this video with me and I'll come and unpack it a little bit after that. So welcome to Churches That Heal. Let me tell you a little bit about this. You know, for a long time, a big part of my life and my mission has been to come alongside churches and join arms and help address a lot of the struggles in life that we call mental health issues, right? But that's really the clinical stuff. And then the arena of relationships and how we struggle in relationships with broken relationships, controlling relationships, codependent relationships, troubles in marriage, troubles with in-laws, extended family, parenting, dating, all of that arena. And then thirdly, the performance area of life. You know, how do we reach our goals and dreams and find our our gifts and bring about fruition? And my mission has been to take this whole mental mental health area and also show how Spiritual growth and faith in the gospel really, really, really affects all these areas in such an incredible way. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save everything that was lost. All these areas where we've, we've lost our ability to feel good in life and do well. You are his body to come help and heal that. And I'm loving the ability and opportunity to be able to join you in doing that. So I invite you to become a church that heals, a place where the hurting can find healing. That was Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, And and next week, we're going to launch into a church-wide campaign called Churches That Heal. This is content that has been developed by Dr. Henry Cloud, who is a leading Christian psychologist in our nation, in our world. This is good content. I want you to know that our leadership, our staff, and our elders are committed to this committed to walking through this uh, with us as a church. 
and it's going to be church-wide, meaning that we'll have gathering circle content uh, developed around churches at Hill. We'll have small group content related to this, and our student ministry will be walking through this as well. Because we've all walked through the last couple of years, and I think we can all agree that it's been hard. So I want to tease it a little bit this morning, and I want to invite you back next week to join us on this journey as we try to be a a people in a church that heals. Our mission here is to inspire people to follow Jesus. And like Dr. Henry Cloud said, he's the one that came to save what was lost. He's the true source of healing, the true source of grace. So I invite you, I challenge you to join us on this journey as we become a people in the church that heals. Be standing now as I close us in a time of benediction. Today and this week, church, may you remember all that has happened in the past couple of years. May you be reminded of the pain and the grief and the loss that you've experienced as you reflect on that. But may you also, maybe more importantly, may you also be reminded that there is hope. that that we have a God, we serve a God who is the source of healing. And to quote the words of James Bryan Smith, may you be reminded that God is good, God is still in control, and that the kingdom of God is never in trouble. Go in peace today. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Twitter. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.